How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Dead Jester Productions podcast. I'm your host, Josh from Jim Oscars, back once again for episode number 195, closing in on 200. Special guest this week is Nick from the Phoenix Press, creator of Screecher. Thank you for being here. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. Uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? What is you got going on over there? Uh, so I'm an independent comic book creator uh, located in Metro Detroit, uh, Michigan. And uh, like you said, I have the comic book uh, Screecher. I do a couple other things, but we're just going to focus on uh, Screecher for right now. And it's a tale of like a young woman who uh, is forced to come back to her hometown of Ann Arbor, Michigan, seven years away. Her father being jailed for a crime did not commit. And now she was forced to become the winged vendor Screecher in order to attempt to try and clear his name. Awesome. Uh, I was going to ask you what the, you know, if you lay out the premise, but you already did. How did so, what? Sorry, I got like this feel I do. It's kind of automatic. No, it's good. That's that's actually perfect. I it makes it a lot easier. Um, what it what led to the premise? Like, how did you come up with the the premise for this? Well, uh, basically, it's kind of like an um. Well, the real real genesis of it was my first comic book, Turn Samurai, is kind of a more matured manga inspired tale, and I had a lot of people at conventions be like, "We love your book, but." We're, we're buying for our child here, like our daughter or our son, and you put lyrics as mature audience on it, which, you know, fair play. Um, and so I decided I wanted to create a book that's more all ages. And so I kind of, I went back to my youth and I kind of, you know, like you had a lot of like cartoons in like the 90s, 2000s where they're appropriate for kids, but adults could enjoy them as well. So it's like Batman series, Gargoyles, and then like in the 2000s, you had like Teen Titans, shows mm. that are still beloved to this day by adult audiences but they're still like very much kid friendly and so i kind of wanted to like evoke that kind of like late 90s early 2000 sensibilities because it's kind of something that i like because i like obviously i'm in the indie scene and i haven't really seen that from a lot of my fellow indies so like i i figured i'd be kind of the first one to do that or at least one of the early ones anyway nice did has the rise of like marvel in the last 15-ish years not quite had an impact on like your creative process of like oh this is sort of you know the beats that like a lot of the marvel storylines are going for have you tried to have you have you had to like avoid specific like plot points and things like that with your writing i wouldn't necessarily say much as as much i wouldn't as much say avoid more so aware Hmm. like you know aware that like these are the tropes like some like some people look for it you know, mm-hmm. like, like for example, if you if you if you if you don't have Superman without his cape, people are gonna comment, "Where is his cape?" You know, yeah. um, or like, "Oh, where's where's Mary Jane? Where's Gwen Stacy?" You know, like there's certain sometimes tropes you need them, and sometimes you got to avoid them. So, like that's why I'd say it's like I mean, you're just more aware of kind of what where things are going, like what people like, what people don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know, like I, I was never huge on like the Marvel movies at least um i mean i grew up reading right. a lot of like the various spider-man comic books i i there was never a point in my time where i read like an entire series from like start to finish i would literally go uh this is years ago my grandfather would pick me up from school and we'd go over to town he would stop at the bank and we'd go to this little convenience store so we could buy a newspaper and we'd go in and they'd have comics on the rack and i would just pull off random like spider-man you know, Batman comics, stuff like that. So I have like these, all these really odds and ends comics that I would get into as a kid. Um, right. But I never got into like the movie side of a lot of them. 
but I always found mm. comics to be way more interesting because it's it seemed more. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Something about the art style and everything like that was a lot more alluring than a lot of what was going on 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 screen. Um, did yeah, I have any? That. Did that have any impact? Like, did you have a background in that? As far as like specific influences that got you into superheroes or just comics in general, maybe. Um. Well, yeah. As far as I say, like I've always been more of a DC guy. To be fully mm-hmm. honest, uh, like, I mean, just looking at the comic, you can just tell, like, okay, yeah, this person was a fan of Batman. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't even try to hide my influences. I mean, it's, it's a wide variety of things, like creatures, combinations, like Batman, Moon Knight, Dove, you know, Raven, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, I always love kind of harking back to the moments, like, I mean, heck. Uh, if you look at just the first page of Screecher number two, like that whole <laughs> sequence is basically an homage to Batman Begins. You know, like that, that the yeah. sequence, like the bats are nocturnal, you know, scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was actually trying to find the specific one. It's an, it's an older Batman comic and it was darker. Like I, I like the darker, grittier aspects of a lot of the, uh, mm-hmm. the older ones. Um, yeah, it, they're great. Yeah, so you, I know you mentioned trying to make something slightly more for for more ages as opposed to uh, just like adult themed or anything like that. How do you mm-hmm. find like that middle ground? Like how do you how do you fi- like find your way into that lane without feeling like you're you know hampering yourself or kind of reining yourself in? Well, uh, for me, uh, one of the things that I always kind of keep in mind is if you look at like the special features. For all of these shows, the one thing that all of them say is they didn't talk down to kids, you mm-hmm. know, and I feel like that's kind of something that really kind of differentiates these kind of cartoons. Uh, the ones that didn't talk down to kids and the ones that did, you know, there's, there's kind of a certain prestige to the ones uh, that didn't and it just kind of and it feels better, really. And so that's that's kind of where I was where it's like, I wanted to tackle these themes. Uh, Mm -hmm. I wanted to respect the reader's intelligence. Um, So like I didn't talk down and try to simplify it. I mean, yeah, um, there, there is some like sense starting going on. Like uh, instead of hell, I say hack, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, keep the violence to a minimum and that kind of thing. Um, But beyond that, you know, the story really is uncompromised. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. For uh, you know, I know you mentioned like uh, avoiding the violence. The I forget which I get confused with all the movies. I forget which one it was called, but the Danny DeVito movie with where he's the penguin. They changed uh, the Batman blood. And to, like, ba- yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They changed Batman the blood returns. to like a black ooze. Black Batman Returns. Okay, They're, like yeah. I would argue, like for me, like mm-hmm. having a human being cough up black ooze. That looks more disturbing, yeah, <laughs> than than uh, than red than red blood because, I, like, I bleed, you know, and when I bleed, yeah. I, red blood. So like when I see him coughing up blood, it looks grotesque, but like, hey, that's red blood. Okay, he's human, but when he's coughing yeah. up that ooze, it's like, is that thing even human? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was. <laughs> it is creepier, I think. Uh, the point I was asking was like. Have, have you tried anything in that regard, sort of, where instead of there being blood, you use like some sort of alternative? 
Oh, I go full like, Mortal Kombat and go like, oh, it's not blood, it's sweat. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was like, I was trying to see like how, a workaround. So the the reason I mentioned is because like it's no, I, I don't see it all the time, but there are instances where it gets goofy. Like if you try and make it PG ish in certain like uh, you know settings where it's like okay. They're just punching each other, but it has no impact because there's no like damage being done. Like think of like uh, you know, famous movie stars like The Rock, uh, Vin Diesel. Like oh, these are guys yeah. that think in their contracts they're not allowed to lose fights. I'm pretty sure. And so like every time they're in an action scene together, they come out of it and they're not even dirty. And so like it, I know I, I know for me one of the one of the scenes that kind of got me was like Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe, uh, where you had sword fights and like they claimed. <laughs> yes. But there's never any stabbing. There's never any slashing. It's, yeah. It was almost like they were sparring. Like, I remember um, when the White Witch uh, faced uh, Peter. And, like, it just felt so lazy. And just, like, they weren't even trying. It's like, wait, isn't this a fight to the death? Like, a fight for the kingdom yeah. or something? Like, I'm kind of confused here. Well, it's even like in Star Wars. Their lightsabers somehow never, like, dismember people even though there are lightsabers cutting through like steel walls and stuff like that. <laughs> I know like lightsabers, uh, one they see as they use is that when a lightsaber chops off an arm, it instantly cauterizes the wound. Yeah. That I can buy that. Like that is yeah. fine because lightsaber is supposed to like super hot. Sure. So like, it's so hot that it both cuts it like butter and cauterizes. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's actually true, but it seems plausible enough that like, all right, I'll allow it. It makes sense within the lore. In, in my mind, though, it's just weird how they're slashing at, you know, stormtroopers or whatever, and, like, they fall down without a mark on them, which I, I always yeah. found to be, like, the strangest thing. It's it just... Everything about those movies, to me, was always, like, so clean, and I feel like that's what takes away from some stuff sometimes. Like, I I don't need everything to be a gore fest. I mean, don't get me no. wrong. But, but like, I, I like it when there's, like, some grittiness to it to show that, you know, yeah, it's it's dirty not everything like it people are fighting this isn't clean you know yeah and war isn't clean you know like like that's that's why like uh i actually liked star wars um Mm. because uh they had this concept called the used future where you know everything was all grimy and Mm. like you know it's like it looks like like it's a it's a ship that's 50 years old it it looks like it's 50 years old like like the millennium falcon you know that that thing is uh, a, a Chevy Bel Air in a Tesla world, <laughs> and it's somehow competing. But you like it makes like it's it's a Bel Air hot rod going up against Teslas. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I've been I've been playing the game Starfield a lot lately. Uh, whenever <laughs> I get a chance, and that's how you it feels and so like. many other people. Yeah, I I I I played it a bit when it first came out, and then I went on vacation. And so, like, all of my work piled up while I was gone. So I came back, went into my real job, did my side stuff, and it's like, like, the Dead Just Productions and everything. I was like, oh, my God, I have so much extra work. So finally, the last, like, day or so, I was able to dive into a bit more. And a lot of, like, that was one of the things I've been trying to do more in that game was, you know, the shipbuilding and, like, customizing of, like, living spaces and just mm-hmm. making it feel lived in and kind of, like, worn down. And it, yeah. it just adds to the atmosphere in a lot of those cases. You're absolutely right about Star Wars in that regard. Where, I, not to call like the Millennium Falcon like junky, but I think you know what I mean. Where it's just like, this is something that's been scrapped together dozens and dozens of times. 
It's not a brand new, sleek, you know, extravagant ship. This is a smuggler's, you know, beat up ship that's been through a hundred, you know, fights in space and crash landed or whatever. Yeah, I mean, also in your defense, Luke literally mm-hmm. calls it like a piece of junk. So, <laughs> I I just imagine there's gonna be that like one guy out there that hears this and's like, he's gonna get, he's typing out the message like this son of a. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. So you know, you know, it's like you don't have to turn far for those. Yeah, we'd had the similar since I uh, on the show. I think it was a couple times I did it where I just really talk smack on the Wheel of Time show, which is on Amazon. Oh, dear God. <laughs> like, See, I'm like a huge Wheel of Time fan of the books. I tried. <laughs> I honestly tried to watch the show. Mm-hmm. I think I got like a third of the way into into like the first episode where I was like, nope, nope. Like, honestly, <laughs> like the first 30 seconds, I should have tuned out. Because um, like, th- like, this is a problem. I'm sorry, you're kind of triggering a rant here. Um, This is the problem I have with like a. This is the problem I have with like so many shows, like The Witcher, Castlevania, (laughs) where lore is an obstacle to them, where it's like they blatantly (laughs) change the lore, like oh, Annette's black now. If you don't like it, you're racist, you know, and all that kind of crap. And Mm -hmm. it's like I like I don't care. Like if you do a race change and it makes sense, sure, fair play. Like the Batman did it, uh, Daredevil, like fine. But these guys do it, and and it, but like they 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 use these things as shields, and I'm just like, just no, you're. It's like <laughs> you're a bad writer, and you're trying to make excuses. Just please stop. <laughs> yeah, like uh, one of the things I mentioned at the time, and it, I didn't have a problem like with the diversity on it. It was, <laughs> it was the fact that like I meant, and I mentioned it then too, where every single family, every single member of every family, was. A different race and i was like it doesn't make sense like you can't have like the mom be asian the dad be black the kid be white and you know the other kid be like hispanic i mean at I some point somebody's got to stop start asking questions <laughs> like, like it, i'm like it just doesn't make sense it, it just well, it needs to make sense within the if you'll you know, allow, if we're talking about wheel time if you allow to make a lore argument here's mm-hmm. the thing so if we're talking about the two rivers the two rivers was an isolated region of of the world okay and that was actually a story point. The old blood ran strong in the two rivers. Like the two rivers was so friggin' white that someone like Randall Thor, who in anywhere else would be just considered Caucasian, but because he had a different ethnicity, I mean, we all know he was an Aiel, uh, because he had the red hair and probably slightly darker skin, more like an olive complexion, maybe. He's like desert yeah. kind of people, you know. Um, because. Um, because he, uh, like, because, like, his, his, he's, like, half Andorran, half Aiel, you know, um, yeah. you know, kind of thing. But, like, uh, because he was, like, slightly darker, he stood out like a sore thumb, you know. But <laughs> later on, in, like, and in, 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 in it became a plot point later on in the books when refugees from, like, Abu Dar and, like, all different places came to the two rivers. And it was a story beat of, like... Oh, the architecture is changing. There's different type people, type, different type of women, like, women walking around, different type of people, and like that was a cool plot point. It's like you had this isolationist community suddenly having diversity and them learning to deal with it. Like that's actually a cool storyline, you know. But, yeah. but because you have them diverse from, sorry, um, you're getting me going. <laughs> um, 
I'm kind of winding myself up, to be fair. Um, but because you have, like, this diversity from the get-go, you rob us of that great storyline of people learning to deal with differences. You know, people learning to deal with the, the stuff, you know? Because, like, the world isn't sunshine and rainbows, and we all kind of learn to need to get along. Yeah, it, I, I, we sat through the entirety of that for season one. Season two You have better out. will than I will. Yeah. I, I, I just, I just, like... My thing is, I, if I don't like something, I just, I just don't talk about it. I just avoid it. Oh, I'm, I make it a point to watch the entire thing, uh, especially if I don't like something, because then at least if I get into an argument about it, I have information to use. And it's been. Too I, long. I don't I believe don't, in. I don't remember all I the mean, plot points. But we can, we can chalk this up to a difference of opinion. But I, I don't believe in hate watching, because <laughs> like my thing is like a lot of these shows cater to I, the hate watchers, and I refuse yeah. to give them any money, any of my. No, I definitely agree with you. I, the only reason I watched the entirety of the season one was because I didn't want to watch three episodes, especially since it was something I knew nothing about going into it. So I said, I don't want to watch like the first three episodes and then be like, ah, this is bad. Giving up on it because well, I knew I have the benefit of like, I've read from. the entire series yeah, and I, I know it, I know it really well. So like, even if I haven't seen it, I can literally just like look at a frame and be like, <laughs> that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. This person died three books ago. Like, yeah. I think, I think my, I think the, I think, I think the like, I think the point where I stopped was when Perrin, who I, I don't like that they made him made him black. I I don't like that it was just just because like you know the the ancestry thing, but like he went to his house and he had a wife already, and that was mm. where I I ticked off because Fael is an amazing character that he meets earlier, and you know god dang well they're gonna bring in <laughs> Fael because like he is just too good of a character. For them not to have, so you know that they're gonna kill off this wife in the stupidest way possible. <laughs> so it's like, why should I even bother caring about this woman? Like you're trying to set up this plot point. Well, like my family died, but like I know it's gonna happen. So like, why should I care? I will say one good thing about the show. From what I did watch of it, one thing, like one thing I did did like is I liked how they did the wisdom test, the test to become like a part of the woman, a woman. In a circle where, like, they threw him into a river. I did like that because I felt like that was a really, honestly, genius way of setting up Sidar. Mm-hmm. Um, because the whole thing, because there's two halves to the, to the one power, Sidar and Sidene. And and the way you interact with them is the same. It's, it's not the same, but it's different, sorry. And the woman's half, Sidar, the way that a woman controls Sidar is she embraces Sidar and she has to guide it. It's a raging river. The more you try and fight the river, the more it fights back. The only way to navigate is to give in and just let it just guide it. But, you know, ultimately floating down the river. I thought that that was kind of genius to put it this way, because I knew they're setting it up to where she was learning it. They flash back to that scene. So like, I thought that was a really good way of doing this. So I'm going to give those because that is not in the books, <laughs> but, but like as an addition, it is actually I dare I will say genius. So I will give them points for that. That was a good addition. But literally, they ruined the show in the first 30 seconds when you had um, uh, Moiraine based like, oh, these men and their hundred companions, they broke the world. Can I curse? Oh, yeah, you can say whatever you want. Bitch, men saved the world. <laughs> Louis Saren and his hundred companions went and sealed the war. You want to know who started the War of the Shadow? Fucking Lanfear, when she drilled into the boar, she's the one who unleashed Shantan, you 
sorry, sorry, sorry. My fa- my fanboy is coming out. <laughs> no, oh my god, it. sorry, sorry. I I, I got to dial it back. I the thing I enjoy, I did enjoy about the show, which is stuff I picked on. Uh, I, yeah. There's a part where there are like on the they're traveling to a city. I you're mm-hmm. much more in depth the lore than I am. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm gonna have no valuable information to apply. I mean, if you can kind of just give me more information, I could probably tell you like exactly where what point in the novel is. It has nothing to do with the actual plot, to be fair. They're they're traveling to some city and they're like they're all like dirtied and roughed up from traveling. And then it cuts away and then it says like three months later. And it comes back and you can't tell that anything else has happened in between because they're still dirty and roughed up. They look exactly the same. (laughs) And like stuff like like it's just editing stuff, which I found to be kind of entertaining. I was like, that it was unnecessary. You could, you didn't need to tell me three months had passed. They, they like literally, you could have done that by just like what growing out their beards, their clothes are raggedy. Yeah, it's just like, funny. It, it doesn't need to be three months. It could just be like, like literally, they could yeah. be like clean shaven or like have very low beards, and all of a mm-hmm. sudden, you you, you you like the sun sets and whatnot. Yeah. And it's like um, sometime later, and like their beards are like on the floor. Exactly. They're a lot dirtier. You can tell, like, okay, a a large amount of time has passed, you yeah. know, and then they just, get there and then they could clean themselves up, shave, whatever. And it sh- you, you just pick up the information. All right. Time has passed. But it's just hilarious because the way they did it, you can't if they didn't say th- three months later, you would have no idea any time has passed at all. Uh, there's yeah, that. And then one she says, uh, uh, the, I'm going to butcher this. The wheel wheels what the wheel wills. And, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. That, that's a pretty common phrase. Yeah, that's what I was told. Basically, as well. what she's saying is, is it, it is what it is. Yeah, that's basically, just, what it means. The way she delivers it is is was hilarious to me. I don't know why. Uh, it's just deadpan, very serious, and I was like, okay. I was like, I, if that's that's how you want to do it, that's fine. Um, well, um, well, the thing about Aes Sedai is like they have a very particular way of acting. Um, mm. Like they're supposed to like be emotionless, and. Yeah, okay. And like, there's kind of like the eyes to die. They don't lie, but at the mm-hmm. same time, they choose their words very carefully. It's so mm-hmm. it's like the 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 truth the eyes to die tell you isn't the truth that you'd expect. You it's know, like, like for omitting, example, like like lie by omission, careful words. Like I yeah. never said you could. I I never said I wouldn't do it. I just said I consider not doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's that's very simplified, but like that. It's like having Dracula at your door, and he wants to come in. He's like, "Can I come in?" You're like, "I would appreciate it if I had space to myself." <laughs> just working away around inviting him in. Yeah, yeah we. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Jeez. We had that, and then uh, uh, Rings of Power was another one we watched because that came uh, out. I forget if that that didn't come out exactly at the same time. That came out later. That I think. show is a. Is, I, I'm like I'm not like okay, so I like I, I maintain like that Jackson. visually it looks amazing, but story wise it's not. I don't know because like yeah. I've seen pictures where it's like they show the armor and they compare mm. it to the Tolkien films, and it just looks embarrassing. Mm. That's true. I I don't know. I I didn't hate the the way a lot of the, I. Th- it depends on the characters, I suppose. Um, I yeah, and, and I don't have as much horse in the race. I don't have as much of a horse or race in this as yeah. as other as the other one. Like Wheel of Time is like my favorite series of all time. <laughs> so it's like um, 
Like I'm going to be more passionate about that. But the Rings of Power, it's like I like the Tolkien yeah. films. I liked them. Like they're they're some of my favorite films of all time. But beyond that, I'm like, you know, I, I don't care about it as much as like you you know. Yeah, I just got bored with it because <laughs> that was one of the ones they released the first three episodes of it all in the first day. The first two or three, I forget how it was. And uh, they just try and rope people in like, oh, yeah, this is just setting the stage. And then they set the stage for the remaining like four out of the six episodes. It's like, all right, anything could happen. That'd be ideal. Uh, some of the, the lines that in that were, were abysmal. There's a point where she goes, there's a tempest in me. And the deliver the, the line itself is terrible. But then uh, the way she delivers it is also not great. Uh, but yeah, that was another show where I was like, ooh. Uh, gonna go ahead and skip season two as well because like you were saying earlier like i i do not hate watch i will give a show you know the time it deserves like i'll watch a full season or i'll watch like the first movie in a series whatever uh and i'll give it like a fair chance but if i don't like it or if i think it's bad i'm not gonna revisit it because like you said like a lot of these shows exist to like based on hate watching like that's happened with uh was it just called Velma? Like the Scooby-Doo? Yeah, Vel- Velva like was designed to like yeah, trigger people it, to hate watching. That was that exactly. was designed. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And that, that was the thing. That, um, not so much like, uh, She-Hulk, but I think a lot of people hate watched like She-Hulk as well. She-Hulk, I, I, I think wasn't like, I think that they, they, they accidentally made it a hate watch baiting mm-hmm. show. I think it was kind of like it was so bad they just kind of leaned into it. Well, I think a lot of people hate watching it too because it's a female lead. I think there's a lot of people that do that. We're like, oh, look how bad this is. You know, they make it a female. Like, people are going to do that because people are idiots at times too. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think there's as many like these monster, like, like rabid bad fans that people like hate them not to be. Like, there's the one thing, like, one phrase that I always. I think you're muted. I think. Uh-oh. What has happened here? I I don't know what happened there. Sorry, okay. um, but like the thing that I, I really don't like is no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. And mm-hmm. I I every time somebody says that, I I I, I get angry because it's like that totally like that that is just a total cop out phrase, you know. <laughs> and I just like. Star Wars fans are passionate. Like that, that it goes that question. Is it? Do they get too passionate? Yes, obviously. You know, but we got to realize the reason why a lot of this stuff gets to such a fervent reaction is these people love. Like, the, the, like mm-hmm. when you're a fan of something, you love something. You love it with so much with so much of yourself. And you got to realize this love goes back decades. Like, yeah. like how many times? To- like, like how many times? You know, have you heard stories where it's like. I was in a really bad place. Um, my 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 dad beat my mom, and the only thing that could get get me out of it was watching was watching Teen Titans, you know. And it's like, I'm I'm kind of I'm, I'm I, that was probably not the best way of putting it, but like we see you hear these stories all the time, and these are legit, you know. Yeah. Like like these people, for some of these people, the only reason they're halfway decent human beings is because these characters because these stories were there for them when they needed them the most. And that is ultimately the whole entire point of fiction 
is to be there for people. It is a support. It is an escape. Escape, yes. And and when you have these people, when these escapes literally save their lives sometimes. Like, you have people, it's like, oh, I watched uh, Linda Carter's Wonder Woman. That gave me the strength to leave my abusive ex or something. Like, yeah, you hear these stories. And that's great. It is great that fiction can give the people the power to actually stand off for themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and but the, the problem is, when the, when the fiction is so important to these people, it's integral to them. And when you desecrate them, like like they do, like because these people, like Velma, yeah. Minnie Kaling doesn't give a shit about Velma. She doesn't <laughs> give a fuck. Obviously, not. watching the show apparently. <laughs> yeah, and so when when she desecrates it like that, people are gonna have a reaction. It's natural, you know. And and, we sh- and instead of like mocking these people, instead of like calling them toxic, whatever. Mm-hmm. Which honestly, that is just gasoline on an already raging fire. You're making a situation worse by doing that kind of stuff. With Stop Ghostbusters it. as well, with the uh, well, like all female Ghostbusters. Line. Yeah, they stroked that fire hard, and then then when they got burnt, they, they tried to be the audience before it even came out. They literally told old school Ghostbusters fans, "Don't come see the movie. We don't want you here. This is not your movie." And then when they didn't. And we said, okay, fine, we won't. Like, why didn't you come see the movie, you racist, sexist, blah, blah, blah? <laughs> you know? It's the same, like, and, and Disney Star Wars kind of does the same thing as well, where it's like, if you disagree with us, you're blah, you know, whatever. D- mm-hmm. d- does some criticisms get overboard? Yes. Do some people take this stuff t- too far? Yes. There does that, a, does that, not, not to the same Sorry, scale, but there was a small, like, bit of that with Black Panther when that came out. Uh, at least, yeah, in, like you know, very small because like the internet. Yeah, I'm not saying it was yeah. a big thing, but like for if you disliked Black Panther, some people were like, "Oh, you're racist because you didn't like it." Well, here's and here's a difference between stuff. Something like, by any means, but well, there's a reason why Black Panther made a billion dollars and other films didn't. Because like the way I see Black Panther is Black Panther is a movie that celebrates both Africa, African Americans, and their culture. And it was a party that everyone was invited to. You know, that, that's how I saw it. Like, hey, we're celebrating these people. Everyone, come. Let's all celebrate together. That's how I see Black Panther. And it's a decent enough movie. Like, I have some issues with it, but it's a decent enough movie. And you can see why it made a billion dollars. You know? Um, and I, I wish more movies were marketed like Black Panther. Uh, but, like, all, the other one, they're just, like, on most other movies, they're just marketed off of Division, and I just, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it, like I said, that, that was one of the ones, we watched that with my little brother, actually. It wasn't my favorite, but I didn't hate it's, it. It's a, decent, it's, it's, it's a decent it's, movie. Like, Black Panther is, is a decent movie. Like, yeah. especially compared to, like, other Marvel fare, it's not, it's, mm. it's actually pretty pretty enjoyable. Like, it's it's a popcorn flick. It's enjoyable, you know, but yeah. Yeah, it's I don't know. I feel like people are very tribal over stuff, especially with the like way social media works, where yeah. you either you're either with them like you you love what they love, or you're quote unquote. I'm gonna make this. Word. I'm not saying people say this, but you're like evil, you know. Or it's like, how, oh, how could you not like this? Yeah, like like, uh, and it's on both sides. It's literally mm-hmm. both sides thing, you know. Like, mm-hmm. um, and it as a person who I feel like I'm kind of in the center uh, politically. Um, it's just like, it's just hard because like, I see both sides of it and I try to be open. Like, like for example, not all the MCU shows are bad. Like I legitimately love Hawkeye 
And Loki is fine. Like, I watched Loki season two, episode one, and it was fine. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, the atmosphere, the set design is amazing. Um, you know, uh, and like my biggest problem with Mandalorian season three was that they called it the Mandalorian. I, I don't like how Bo-Katan pretty much upstaged the show. If this was literally called Bo-Katan, I would have had no problem with it. Hmm. You know, I would have like, like, they could have not changed a single thing. Didn't and I would have had no with, uh, Boba Fett where they made the Mandalorian like the lead in it for a couple episodes, essentially. Oh, you mean the best part of the show? <laughs> I, I have not seen it. I'm just going off of what I saw. Uh, what I've like, yeah, yeah. They, they 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 literally did that for like a, a, a an episode or two, and then then Din was kind of a supporting character for the finale. It literally mm-hmm. became the Mandalorian for like an episode. Like, <laughs> the, yeah, it was good content. Um, but but yeah. Oh my god, the book of book of Boba Fett is such a crap show. I think that's the problem with like these universes with you know the marvel movies and marvel cinematic universe like the star wars universe where you have these characters that are super popular and so you want to fit them in as much as possible you know for marketing reasons and to get people invested Mm -hmm. but then because you're trying to fit them in a lot of times they end up upstaging characters in their own or 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 like you have a character that's a fan favorite and you shove them in there then you kill them right away like how they had (laughs) cad bane in live action only to literally freaking kill him off. Like, why <laughs> would you do that? Why would you bring in Cad Bane? Only to kill him off. It's sort of like uh, uh, Captain America Civil War, right? <laughs> like, that is not a Captain America movie, uh, you know, completely. Like, there's so many parts that were just not about Captain America specifically. There's, It's an Avengers movie, essentially. Right? Yeah, like, 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 literally, you, like, Honestly, th- like that 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 movie is like two script rewrites away from becoming a Captain America movie. Like, I could legitimately see a Captain America movie where it's like, um, like uh, the like Zemo stages an attack to to basically get uh, Cap to go against Black Panther, and Bucky's mm-hmm. in the middle. Like that actually kind of sounds like a good movie. Yeah. It- but yeah, it's it's weird because like like I said, they're trying to fit in all the characters they can in order to bring in you know the largest audience possible, but then eventually it just you know it essentially takes away from the supposed lead in the film because you're trying mm-hmm. to focus on all these other side characters as well. Yeah, that's the problem I have with like a lot of these movies, especially like these like multiverse movies where it's like, mm-hmm. how many Easter eggs can we cram on camera at once? Like uh. Like uh, across the Spider Verse was fine. Like I really enjoyed the first movie. The second one was was okay, mostly because because of momentum for the first one. And it's like I like the Gwen Miles dynamic, um, and like uh, I like you know Miles's character arc in the, those movies. Um, but like just the cameos, you know, like uh, I just it's I don't know, it just it feels soulless. It does feel like they're just trying to see how many Easter eggs they can throw in, as opposed to. Just focusing on the story sometimes. Not saying it's a bad yeah. storyline or See, anything. Like, but that's like, what I liked about uh, Into the Spider-Verse, the first movie. Is Yeah, mm-hmm. it was multiverse. But there was really only five spider characters. And in reality, it was only three characters that really mattered. Like, mm-hmm. three characters that mattered were, like, Peter B. Parker, Miles, and Gwen. You know, Noir and Penny and Ham were just kind of there and supporting characters. Uh-huh. You know what? That's fine. You know, I, I feel like... The movie was honestly better for it by focusing on those three and then having the other three just kind of there. I feel like it actually made the movie better. 
because I, I see a lot of videos about like I like watching a lot of videos where it's like oh here's things you missed in this movie or whatever and yeah, those are they, had, they had some come out where it was for like the Mario movie the into the spider-verse and the across the spider-verse and just a lot of the Marvel movies and things like that and these videos end up being like 25 30 minutes long and like oh here's all these easter eggs it's like good grief like are they are these films designed just to have easter eggs in them in order to like potentially do like other spin-offs for other films and and shows and things like that especially I mean, in like the marvel ones i actually don't mind um like different references or stuff like oh hey look there's a poster in the background of a character Oh hey, oh, look! This, yeah, per- no, no, no. this person had a. This person was wearing a brooch that was a reference to this. Like those are kind of fun. Like, yeah, like not in Westworld, like, 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 in, like in Westworld, uh, when they made him, like, when they made a character leave the tribe, he was wearing a pin that was like "Hand of the King" for Game of Thrones. Like, okay, cool. You know, that's a cool reference. You know, whatever. Yeah, no, I was referring to like characters where it's like, oh, this person they're talking to. You know that that this is the name that they call her. This is actually this you know character who goes on to become a superhero, and they have those people like kind of littered throughout every movie. Then, where it's just constantly like trying to introduce yeah. characters. Like for example, like for example, like you know, if like you're watching uh, Man of Steel or or Snyderverse, whatever, like oh, mm-hmm. like did you know her her her, uh, her jumpsuit said said Ferris on it. She was she was Colonel Ferris, so Green Lantern. You know, um, yeah. Or, or like, uh, oh, there's a, there's a guy who's gonna like who's the, the name of the guy for the Adam, you know, like 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 that kind of stuff. Where it's like they, they lay it in there, and it's like they're just trying to give an excuse to make like a spinoff show. Like, oh, did you like this character? Well, that now we have reason to make a whole series about him or a whole movie about him. And it's like, all right, like, you know, like an example of an Easter egg <laughs> I thought was cool was in in uh, Winter Soldier where they talking about the algorithm, like. Oh, blah blah blah, Doctor Strange, you know, kind of thing. Like, okay, sure. Like, well, first off, from any universe, he's a surgeon. He's a high class surgeon. It's like you, it, there, you could. It makes sense within universe that they'd be monitoring mm-hmm. him. Um, yeah. But also, like, it's just a one off hand thing. And he's saying it. He's not really calling attention to it. It's like, okay, that's a fair Easter egg, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if, especially if they know they're already setting up for that. I. I just, in my mind, like I said, I don't have all the experience because I have not watched all the Marvel content. But I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. To where, said, like, um, I, if they're setting up for something and they paid off, then that's cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, to be fair, I really don't like how they retconned Iron Man two to where, oh, that boy in the Iron Man suit—that's actually Peter Parker. Like, that is like the stupidest thing <laughs> ever. You know, like th- that was never intended to be like that. They never intended that. Yeah. Like. And plus, it adds literally nothing to either of those characters. They don't <laughs> reference it in universe, you know. So it's like, what's the point of even making that canon? Like, what is the point? Uh, yeah, because like like I said, like with Hawkeye, you know, you have the Hawkeye show, and then uh, I I have not seen it. Uh, it's it's not his daughter, right? It's some it's a separate character. It's a so, separate but, character. Okay. Um, yeah, because like the thing is, Kate Bishop in the comics, uh, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And I can be totally wrong about this, but like just the way I've kind of like you know been told about her, is she's very kind of like an a, a abrasive, like I'm better than you kind of person. Um, mm-hmm. But like in Hawkeye, like Haley Seinfeld just plays her amazingly. She's kind of like this like very like oh my gosh it's Hawkeye I'm such a big fan and like she has to earn uh, like she doesn't try and upstage him you know yeah. but like she's a fan and and I think they played that off brilliantly you know. 
I, I'm going to say that I could be completely wrong about this. Like I said, I haven't not seen it. It seems to me like they, they wanted to make a show for Hawkeye to help advance his character and give him some, you know, some well-deserved, you know, context since he's kind of been on the back burner for a lot of the movies at times. Yeah. Uh, they tried to do that while also working on introducing her because they're doing a Marvels show, like the Marvels, I think, right? She's mm-hmm. going to be in a show or movie. Well, the, Mar- uh, the Marvels, I think you're kind of mixing your things up because the Marvels is kind of like Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel and, and Photon. That's a movie that's coming out soon. Okay, because I thought she was gonna be. I thought she was in like a spinoff movie or show as well. I mean, uh, like uh, outlets have been speculating that they do a Young Avengers at some point, but that is like total so fan, fan, whatever. Okay, but yeah, because like stuff like like Ms. Marvel is the the show with the girl in it, right? I get it. I get it so confused at this point because there's so many, and I'm not as keyed. And in. that's really a problem. That is that is legitimately a problem for for Disney. And I'm just gonna say this, I actually especially with two characters it. named Marvel. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm just going to say this. I actually enjoyed Ms. Marvel. Like, I watched it. I actually enjoyed it. I think I thought the character, the actress, did an amazing job. Like, the characters are great. The whole family. The, the show itself was beautiful to look at. I don't like that they kind of made her a mutant. I thought that was kind of stupid. Um, and, like, oh, she's the first mutant in the MCU. You know, it's like uh, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, <laughs> you know? Like, because you know, you know that, like, once mutants started coming into the MCU, they're just like, oh yeah, Wanda's a wit- Wanda's a mutant, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I've I'm not as clued in with a lot of the Marvel stuff because I've I've never been a like huge into the the Marvel movies, um, but it does seem like so many of the stuff. This is, I've mentioned it tons of times on the show before, so I'm sure people are he- sick of hearing it. Like it, there's a lot of cases where it seems like they're just putting out shows just to get the plot from A to B without caring about whether or not the show is good. It's just they're using these as stepping stones to set up other things. And so everything is just a stepping stone from major film to major film. And it it's part of why I have a hard time getting into the, the Marvel MCU, just because it's like everything seems like it's a throwaway just to set up the next big thing. Plus, I don't want to have, you know, hundreds of hours worth of homework to watch to understand what's going on in the major films. Yeah, that's going to be a really big problem for Marvel going forward because it used to be like, okay, there's 20 Marvel films you got to watch, but those are movies. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, I can I can watch those over a few weeks. Like, you know, like, fine, I can catch up. But now they have TV shows, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the number, the, the amount of content is just going up by like a factor of five at yeah. least. Yeah, it, I don't know. It it's again. I bet if I was really interested in superhero like the Marvel stuff, I'd be all excited because there's so much content. But I don't know. It, I don't have that problem with the DC stuff. I've not watched a ton of the DC stuff either. I know you said you're more of a DC fan anyway. Uh, yeah, I was I mean, never, yeah. DC's my DC's my thing. I was never a huge fan of the Zack Snyder films. Uh, Man of Steel, I, I enjoyed. Uh, Batman versus Superman, I watched, <laughs> put it nicely. Uh, I didn't hate it as much as other people did, but I didn't think it was great either. Uh, yeah, I mean, this then, is this is probably this is probably gonna be an issue we're gonna agree to disagree on because like I'm a huge yeah. fan of the Snyder stuff, but you know oh, your okay. opinion is just as valid as mine, so it's whatever. I did not watch the uh, Justice League. The was it f- over four hours? The Snyder cut. 
Yeah, I mean, um, they did break it into, like, eight parts, so, like, you could do that if you want to, but, like, I don't blame you for not wanting to watch that, because, like you said, it's, like you said, it's four hours, <laughs> so, like, honestly, I don't, I don't blame you. And then you have the, uh, uh, I forget which one's the original, Suicide Squad, I guess, is the first one, then The Suicide Squad is the, the follow-up, I think. Yeah, you're correct, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I've really enjoyed the second one, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that one. The first one, I, I think it's partially my own fault for laying down in bed in the dark while trying to watch it late at night. I think I fell asleep like three or four times trying to watch the first Suicide wow. Squad movie. Uh, so I, I don't know. It might have been a combination of the film and then myself. Probably more on more on me. But second one, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. We'll see uh, how James Gunn approaches the... What did, what did they call it now? It's just the DCU or DCEU. I don't frigging know. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic, but like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm gonna give like James Gunn a chance, but like, yeah. I don't know. I like the like, Matt Reeves I, Batman. Thought that was super good. Oh, yeah, that was really good. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. Like, I, I'm actually kind of excited for the sequel. Kind of decide where they can take it. You know, like what villains or whatever. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy the Matt Reeves one. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah. It, they're in an interesting spot too because they had, uh, oh my god, I'm blanking. What is the Dwayne Rock, Dwayne Johnson, Black uh, Adam? No, Black Adam, thank you. Yeah, that was a weird spot because like going into that, everyone knew that that had no effect. Like they're resetting the universe after that, right? Or maybe am I thinking of something different? The Flash, maybe. Uh, I oh yeah, which oh one yeah, supposed to be yeah, canon. Flash, yeah, the Flashpoint movie. Yeah, so like a lot of these are just like, oh, this isn't canon, so why would we watch this? I feel like that's a problem some of these studios are going to run into, too, if they keep up these universes and they try and reset stuff at some point. It's like, well, why would I watch that? That has nothing, that's, it's not, it doesn't matter to the plot anymore. Sort of situation. See, that was like one of the stupidest things that James Gunn did, like, and now it's like, oh, we're going to do a full reboot, and he had like mm-hmm. four movies right about that were going to be coming out within the next year and a half basically just like oh well no point watching these movies then i mean it's fine if he does that i would just say don't announce that before your films come out like you're actively like sabotaging the you know the income for a lot of these these movies uh was blue beetle is that dc as well i think yeah blue beetle basically killed itself with its first trailer and when they ended (laughs) it with like oh batman's a fascist and i'm like why the what did you just do that like like, it, like at, at very least, just put it in the film. But like, to literally, like, I swear, someone in someone at at, at the market be like, okay, how do we kill this movie? Okay, we have this this clip. Uh, let's put it in the most observant place possible. Because like you have, because like the end singer, like literally, that's the most important part of the trailer. It's like you have the title and then you have your stinger. You know, that is the last thing people think of. Yeah. You literally ended it with that. That was deliberate. Like I, I swear, that is deliberate. They're deliberately trying to kill that movie, you know. Yeah, I don't know if there's any others I I missed that were like essentially written out of the the universe due to the reboot. But I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what he does. I'm I'm happy he's leaving alone the Matt Reeves Batman because I was concerned that he was gonna like remove that with the new universe. So I'm happy that's gonna keep going because that. I really enjoyed the first one. It's nice, dark, gritty. Mm-hmm. Ah, there's the uh, the mute button, thankfully. 
almost over this cold. But yeah, <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy he left that alone. They uh, they have the Joker fully let do. I think is what the second. I, is I, I, that's going to be my big criticism for the Batman. Like, why the frick did you bring in the Joker? Like, come on, man. And like, why did you tease him like that? Like, I don't want to see the Joker in this universe. It is interesting. Like, I don't understand like what the process. Because I think they're making the second one like a musical as well with the. Uh... Oh, oh yeah, that's the that's the Joker. That's a whole different universe. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah, I don't know what they're. It's like the Matt Reeves universe. Like, mm-hmm. um, like I like what they did with the Riddler. I think that's totally on point. Like, it's it's very it's a very different version of the Riddler, but like, yeah. it's still within the spirit of the character. Like, like I I could totally see like mm-hmm. it makes sense for a, a Riddler. Like that's totally on point. Can you imagine um, if they had Jim Carrey as the Riddler in that movie though? <laughs> That'd be uh, such a like a weird, like that. It would be so out of place. But you know what? Oh. Knowing Jim Carrey as an actor, mm-hmm. it would maybe be a different performance, but I think he could pull it off. Like, if yeah. you've seen Jim Carrey in some of his more serious stuff. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure he could actually act well in it and, like, play a serious version of it. I think it would be very odd. I'm sure somebody has done it where they've edited in the goofy Jim Carrey Riddler into the Matt Reeves Batman. Like, the, oh, the contrast between Robert Pattinson's Batman and Jim Carrey's Riddler would be insane yeah like have you seen the edits where it's like they do like multiverse stuff where they have like robert patterson's version talking like to like uh grant gustin's flash and like different things they had adam <laughs> i saw somebody edited adam west batman into that movie Why? where it's like him carrying around like a goofy like oversized cartoon bomb and he, i forget exactly what happens uh, but yeah they, they added adam west into uh matt reeves batman uh oh like God. it's like a trailer for it essentially not the not the full movie but yeah it was kind of funny um oh yeah i bet <laughs> yeah, it's, i don't know it we'll see what they do with them but it is uh it is yeah, it's gonna be kind of interesting because like um like i have some theories about where the batman could go like um i i do think they are kind of leading up to court of owls um, I think like Court of Owls would work great in the Matt Reeves universe. Some other story beats, I think possibly the second movie will be about Hush. Um, also, I think that little kid from the funeral is going to become Robin. These are just my theories. Like the, I could be wrong, but these are just kind of like my personal theories. And kid, I, I don't know who you're referring to actually. Kid at the okay, funeral. so uh, the, the you know the guy that got killed in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think it's like the mayor or oh, something. Okay. I looked it up. I know who I know who you're talking about now. His like it's just the look he gave Bruce, you yeah. know, like and plus like his parents got killed. Like it just feels like that is like a kind of a quintessential Robin story. So mm-hmm. I feel like they're kind of setting that up. Like, um yeah, Hush would be yeah, an interesting villain for the second part. Yeah. Yeah, I think Hush or Two Face would be really good villains for the second movie. Mm-hmm. Um and then like and having them work, like have the ending reveal be the Court of Owls. Like it, it's revealed that they're working for the Court of Owls. Like I just think that would be a really good uh, setup for a third movie. I hope they do like different villains as opposed to the Joker again. You know, I I like like the Jokers that they had, but it's yeah, because like remember Batman overdone. Begins, their first villain was a Scarecrow, and that was mm-hmm. great. I know, obviously, Rachel Cool. 
But like, um, I think doing the Riddler for the first movie was great. I think they did that great. But like, mm-hmm. I think Hush would be cool. Um, like, I, I really like. Part of me, for a while there, I was like, Mister Freeze, Mister Freeze. But now that mm-hmm. I've kind of like thought about it, I don't think Mister Freeze would work in that universe because like the cold mm-hmm. gun. Like, you need like realist, more realistic base villains. You know what would be crazy? The Mad Hatter in, in the <laughs> in Reeves one because like. It, like you'd have to really jury rig it, but you could make that work in the Reed universe. I guess so. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Two Face can work in that universe. I don't think Poison Ivy could because of her plant control kind of thing. But like, it'd be a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying. To, I'm, I'm I'm running through a list of like Batman villains in my head to see like who yeah, they you could almost, do. Especially in that universe, you almost see, want to see how they handle it, like non superpowers. You know, like people without superpowers. Yeah, like Two Face. Two Face would be yeah, cool. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we, we we need a proper Two Face adaptation. They've had they've had two two chances to do Two Face, mm-hmm. and they they struck out both times. Yeah, yeah. Like I, said, uh, I don't know. It'll be okay. Okay, I I need to the rant a little bit. So you know, like Batman Forever, you had Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face, mm-hmm. and it's like his introductory scene. God damn, that was cool. <laughs> like the way he played. The, the Two-Face, luck. Blind, stupid, doodah luck. Like, a more serious, like, insane Two-Face. Yeah, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones can do that. Like, that is his bread and butter. But, like, Tommy Lee Jones was just, like, like doing, like, a miniature Jim Carrey. And it just, for one, it just didn't work. And also, that wasn't Two-Face. Like, it's just... It, if you had Tommy Lee Jones playing a more serious, like, insane... Like kind of Two Face, he could do it. He could he could do it. Like he that is his bread and butter. Like I said, um, and I I and like that first scene kind of gave you a glimpse of what it could have been, but it's just oh. I love that shot where it's like you just have him like in his normal face, and then once he's like blind, stupid, and like the camera pans and like you see the other face, like oh, that's some good cinematography. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it'd be interesting. Like Two Face would be good because he has no like superpowers. They could do Scarecrow again, but I don't know. It might be too soon considering they just did it in the Nolan ones. But yeah, plus yeah. also Scarecrow was like a like even though like he was big in the first movie, but he was also a part of the second and third movies. It's like he appeared. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. I know he was in the second one where he's like Batman. Like they're like vigilantes essentially or whatever. Yeah, um, and like, uh, it's not like Scarecrow is, 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 is like an unknown villain because Scarecrow was a big part of the Arkham games. So, like, people know about Scarecrow. Like, mm-hmm. and plus, he's just got a really cool, like, his gimmick is like the fear gas, fear toxin, and like that yeah. kind of stuff. Like, he's a really cool villain. Like, he is a really great villain to write, I'd imagine. Like, if I were to do a Batman story, I actually probably might make it a Scarecrow story. Hmm. It'd be, it'd be cool, especially with like, I don't know. They could do like the more horror side of it as well, since he's Scarecrow. It, yeah, Scarecrow it is work. Yeah. You know, and then, like, if you do the fear, uh, the fear toxin would allow you to do some more fantastical sequences. To be honest. Yeah. I was I was scrolling through a list of like Batman films without superpowers. See what the options are, and this list is ridiculous. Like, a lot of these are not who I would consider Batman villains. Uh. You got Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor is not a Batman villain. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, Ra's al Ghul, who is Batman. Mysterio, who was a Spider-Man villain. Uh, Kingpin. Isn't Kingpin more of a Daredevil villain? Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm Kingpin sure. is both a spider Kingpin is a Spider-Man and a Daredevil villain. Um, I didn't know how often he, he appeared he, in Spider-Man. I'm not as familiar with well, Daredevil. He was, he, well, he uh, appeared a lot in the early Spider-Man, and then Frank Miller stole him in the 80s um, <laughs> and made him a Daredevil villain. Like, Kingpin oh, right. is actually part of, like, the Spider-Man video game. Kingpin is a major part of that one. So, like, ki- like yes, Kingpin is a Daredevil villain, but he's also a Spider-Man villain. Hmm. They also have a Shredder from the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. <laughs> you mean Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Uh, sorry, I grew up with the British version, so they call them Hero Turtles. I, I Yeah, I, I, as soon yeah. as you said Hero, it's like, all right, well, this one British. Yeah, uh, got that. Uh, Deathstroke. Got Deathstroke. Yeah. Trying to. Well, see the problem with Deathstroke it. is under certain some continuities, he has like a superhero soldier serum in him, so he's kind of like an evil like Captain America kind of thing, but like DC mm-hmm. villain. Deathstroke's a great villain, two, by the way. Two Face, Red Hood. Well, they'd have to go through like a whole Robin storyline for Red Hood, wouldn't they? Yeah, because the thing with uh. Yeah, because the thing with uh, Red Hood is he was he was a former Robin, get killed mm-hmm. by the Joker, then he gets survived, and then yeah, it's a really good story. Like I love the whole backstory. Um, but basically, Red Hood is is uh, he's more of an antihero. Like he's basically DC's Punisher. Yeah, interesting. So you got yeah, you know, like that one would be hard to do. Craven the Hunter, it's more of a Spider-Man one, I thought. Black Mask, yeah. that was familiar. Black Mask is a DC villain. He's he's pretty much kind of like a he's basically kind of like a kingpin type, uh, oh. where he's like more orders other people around to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Vulture Vulture would be really weird in the Matt Reeves Batman. Oh, well, also Vulture is a Marvel villain. So I don't know what they're doing with this list. <laughs> yeah, because like this list has a lot of Marvel characters on it. So um, uh, yeah, interesting. Oh well. Yeah, we'll we'll see what they come up with. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be good. Okay, speaking of villains, I want to get back on topic of your comment. How do you come up with a good villain in your storyline? Because a lot of people will come up with a villain that's like over the top. Sometimes they come in more of like a gray area to keep them sort of muted so you can kind of see their point of view, but you realize that they're still wrong. Like, how do you fall on that? Like, how do you, what is your thought process on antagonists, well, I guess we'll say? A good villain um, is is always kind of a foil for the hero. Mm-hmm. Like a good villain, kind of like a good villain is always everything the hero is not. Yeah. So, like, I uh, kind of bring this back for Screecher. You know, uh, I have my on the ground villain of Shiva, and she was kind of designed to be an inverse of Screecher, both in design and personality. So you got Owl as Screecher, and then Shiva as a tiger. But, like, mm-hmm. Shiva is also, like, like, Shiva, like, uh, Screecher has a cape. Shiva doesn't. Um, you know, and then, like, but also a lot of it comes from the character. So, like, the character of that, that, uh, Shiva is was, like, a big kind of, like, otaku, like, Chinese file. So, like, I made her outfit more, like, ninja-based kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. like, I gave her a rope dart. Mostly out of like Mortal Kombat love for that thing. It's also like the rope dart was a is, a, is I find to be a very visually interesting weapon. Like the arcs it makes, the poses people do for it. 
I think it's a very interesting weapon on the printed page. And so that's why I gave her that weapon. Um, so basically, kind of to summarize, uh, for me, it's a lot of, you know, comes from the character. And there's also incidental things, but it's it's a process, really, where you kind of build things up. Nice. <clears throat> One of the other uh, things I was going to ask about is, like, how you come into, like, your art style that you want to work with. Because an art style can have a big effect on, like, how characters and scenes are portrayed. Um, so I'm, I was curious, like, I was, I was curious about how you decide upon that. Well, uh, seeing as how I'm the writer and I work with the artist, uh, there, there's a lot of back and forth. Usually I'll uh, gather reference material, which that includes, like, pictures of, like, either movies or comics. Kind of see, like, hey, I, wa- I kind of want a combination of this look, you know, kind of thing. And yeah, there's some trial and error. We kind of sometimes it may take us an issue or two to really dial it in, uh, but it's really the process. I know for for Screecher, I was really trying to do like a late '90s, early 2000s comic book look. Uh, in particular, stuff like stuff like Nightwing from the late '90s, and they got like the Young Justice in the late '90s, and then little bits of like Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men, mm-hmm. kind of thing like that. That that very much kind of thing. So yeah, there's a lot of reference material involved, uh, and back and forth. Is there ever a point where you're like double, you know, like uh, second guessing yourself, maybe, or like ah, uh, like coming, you're trying to view it from the perspective of like the reader as opposed to what it is you're actually like from your point of view. Like, do you ever second guess yourself in so, that regard? Sometimes, yeah. Like, I always try to like go on the thing of like. One person making a complaint is one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you can ignore it, not ignore it at your leisure. But if you have, like, 10, 20, 30 people making a complaint and they're all kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, one person say, I don't I don't think the suit should be red. You know, mm-hmm. you, could, you could write it off if you want to, or you could change it. But if you have 30 people saying, I don't like the suit being red then you should probably change it because when you have multiple people saying like similar things or the exact same thing, then that's a pretty clear indication that, that, that yeah, you have a problem and you need to fix it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like I said, yeah, I... So basically, basically what, basically what I'm saying is if you got one or two people, uh, use your best <laughs> judgment, but if you got like a bunch of people, fix it. Fair enough. Have you ever, is there a scenario in which like you can see yourself like, Oh, I'm going to retcon this because it makes more sense based on a recommendation or like based on a development I've come up with as a result of the plot I've written out. Uh, somewhat like, uh, okay. I will kind of give you an example and this is an exclusive for you. Um, <laughs> so right now what I'm considering is so right now, Avery has brown hair. All right. Mm-hmm. And, I was kind of thinking, you know, maybe she should have red hair, you know. Um, well, because I love my redheads. And I think it would actually make for a more in- visually interesting look. So what what I'm thinking about doing, and this is not something that I'd say I am going to do, just for the people who might want to take this out of context. <laughs> um, I am considering, in the second volume of Screecher, basically constructing a scenario to where she's got to sneak somewhere so she gets a haircut and a dye. So she gets mm. a new haircut and she dyes her hair red and you get dialogue like uh, like a temporary dye or something. It's like, 
okay, you can wash it off. He's like, you know what? I think I might keep this. I like it. And then from yeah. there on, you know, she has red hair. I mean, that that's yeah. a simple enough change because it's just a dye yeah. job. But like, but it's like you said, you know, like an aspect of the character where it's like, oh, she has brown hair. I want her to have red hair. So thus mm-hmm. I construct a scenario to where she can have red hair. Yeah, because I, I can see that. Not with, with what you're working on, but like in just in general, like you'll see artists or artists, authors write themselves into a corner and they have to kind of retroactively go back and be like, oh, well, this actually meant this. And so now it works properly. You know? It, yeah. I, I think they did that with like Game of Thrones a little bit as well. Yeah. There's some, there's some lines where they're, uh, the, the Red Witch talks to Arya about like, color of eyes that she'll close and things like that and then they go back and like oh clearly she meant she was talking about you know the night king and this and that in reality in the time it's like nobody knew this was going to be the case Uh, yeah yeah like like i'm sorry like the worst line ever is uh i think daenerys actually forgot about oh god uh, ironborn fleet i mean to be fair there are so this many is my things. wheel of time. You had your moment earlier with the wheel of time. This, I, mine is Game of Thrones. Is ranting about how that show ended. As Go for said, it. Oh, and I, I'll, I'll abstain this time. Uh, people have heard me. I've, there's been whole episodes where I've ranted about this, but I, I maintain that they did a, a good job adapting the books. You know, for when they had the source material, because there, it is too confusing almost for like TV. To have all of those side characters and everything going on. I think they did a good job, you know, keeping some of the characters out, you know, kind of combining some of them to have it more streamlined and make sense for a wider audience. Uh, but I, he, oh my God. It just, what a train wreck. What a train wreck. I mean, ending. the problem with Game of Thrones is basically like, um, well, it's, it's, it's multiple things really. But like, uh, the big thing was, uh, the, the 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 show needed more seasons. Mm-hmm. HBO wanted to do them. more seasons, as much as they and, and not like and not only that, but like um, the actors' contracts were up, and they would have wanted more money. Yeah. HBO was willing to pay that money. They like they would have paid the ma- leads a million dollars an episode if if that's what it took. Like they were mm-hmm. willing to do up to ten seasons, you know. But yeah. but uh, you know uh, um. But the, but the but D and D were like we we want Star Wars money we yeah. end show, you know that's the thing. And, it's selfish from them for two reasons: one, because they wanted to do Star Wars, but then also for not wanting anyone else to have credit for working on Game of Thrones, and so they ended it rather than hand it off to someone else to to because here, here's the thing: I think at, at, at deep down they know they're kind of like here's the thing about D and D when they were adapting George's work. They were like to be fair, like George was also like on on in the writers' room. Like yeah. that is like best television ever. It, that's what I'm saying. They did a great job adapting it. It's when they rushed like, it to try and get out of it as quick as they could that they and they through. even like added some stuff that was really good, like the stuff with mm-hmm. Arya and Tywin. That's yeah. great stuff. That was not in the books, but True. that is yeah. really cool. Really cool content that they mm-hmm. added, and it's really good. Like it, it totally worked within those characters, and it added some, it, like a humanized Tywin, which I'm a big Tywin fan, by the way. And like, <laughs> I, I really liked it. Like, it, it almost kind of makes you imagine like an alternate scenario where, where like, um, 
he finds out, and instead of killing her, they actually grow to like each other or something. You know, like, mm-hmm. like, 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 imagine if, like, Arya was Tywin's daughter, and, like, he, like, I don't know, like, because Tywin respects intelligence, because look at the way mm-hmm. he treats, because he treats Elena like an equal. Like, you notice how mm-hmm. he treats her like an authentic equal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, like, very, like, like he treats, like, he doesn't, he treats Elena like, like, no, like, very few other people do. Like, he, he recognizes just how formidable Elena Tyrell is, like, and he respects her as an equal. It's not like a hate. He's like, yeah, we're, we're opposite houses, but I, rec- like, I recognize your intelligence. I recognize mm-hmm. your crafty. So, like, yeah. I'm not going to admit, I'm not going to underestimate you, you know, but I, I respect, like, he respects intelligence. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, and it's, it's, it's very obvious he married Joanna because, he was as intelligent and crafty as, mm-hmm. as he is. And if he had a daughter like Arya, I don't think he would force her into, like, the, the princess role. Like, obviously, you know, you'd have to marry, but yeah. he would nurture her intelligence. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just... Uh, the way they changed her to just be, oh, Arya killed people now, sort of. Like, they dumbed her down towards the end as well. Like, the whole... <laughs> The line where she says, "Oh, be careful! I know a killer when I see one," is such a joke. Also, like, they 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 really they, like <laughs> the way like the way like they pretty much wrote like they really wrote uh, Baelish into a corner. You know, mm-hmm. like oh my god, like it's like Baelish became an idiot. Yeah. Uh, really, like he like the, the Baelish of, of like the early seasons would have never like. Honestly, I, what Bela should have done is just get the like as soon as the things are secure, just go back yeah. to the veil. Just go, go, yeah. go back to the veil, brother. Yeah. It, oh man, this is a mess. So I, I, I also maintain they the uh, when the city's being burnt to the ground, instead of showing Arya in that role, they should have had Davos. He's what people are way more invested in like his well being, especially since Arya's storyline is sort of concluded, right? Like. Everyone yeah. she's wanted to kill is essentially dead. I don't know if Cersei was dead yet at that point. Um, and like the way they massacred Jamie, like they were giving yeah. him a great arc, and yeah. and it's like and it's like he knighted Brienne. That was a great scene, and they like they 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 bumped the uglies. You know, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And then it's just they just threw it all away. Why? They didn't even have to do like he's. They could have just had him go back with John and the rest of them to the city to take it. He could have seen the castle collapsing and decided, oh, I need to save my sister. And they could have had like a very similar ending for him, at least. But instead, it's like we're going to throw away his arc just to have him die here. Like they didn't they wouldn't have had to change much for him, I don't think, in order to still have it be like, quote unquote, satisfying. You know what I mean? Like, I think Clegane Bowl, like, okay, yeah, we got Clegane Bowl. It was Mm -hmm. great. I got no complaints there. Like, that was great. And the way that like, like Sandor died awesome yeah. like i think yeah perfect mm-hmm. um like bringing gendry back i don't mind that like that was cool like we needed a like satisfying ending um <laughs> the way they made him uh had a house baratheon was a bit clunky but it could have been worse mm. um uh theon i don't know like his story arc i don't mind it it seemed very abrupt like, of an ending for him yeah but at the same time what Should are you gonna done. do yeah. Like what? Like what? Like he died saving the Starks. I think if he was gonna die, that was fair yeah. enough. You know. Um, and I Frank think even like man, like so he felt redeemed. He's, like, 
It's like he he saved his sister. He saved mm-hmm. his honor. He saved his honor. Like here's the thing about about Theon. He he regained his honor both as an Ironborn and a Stark. You know, mm-hmm. like he did both. Like he he had like he gained the respect as an Ironborn. He is like he really accomplished what what John told him to. That he is yeah. both a Stark and an Ironborn. You know, he lived as an Ironborn, but he died as a Stark. You know, mm-hmm. um, and and it's like uh, with Yara. Like when she sent him to Winterfell, I th- like you, I feel like you could see it in her eyes. She mm. was sending her brother to death, like she knew it. Um, yeah. But but I think she knew, like yeah, this is something you have to do. Mm. Yeah, I actually I didn't did. mind Yara. I thought she was a good character. Yeah, yeah it's like it... it's like I don't know because like when I see Yara, she reminds me a lot of like what of of my sister. So like that's yeah. maybe why I'm a little bit biased. Like. Like, she's kind of a bitch, but, like, she still cares. And it's, like, there's that one time where, um, where, where like, she says to Theon, stop saying sorry. And, like, that is something, like, my sister would say to me. So it's, like, like, that whole, like, like, like dynamic between, like, Yara and Theon is very much kind of the dynamic I have with my sister. Where it's, like, mm-hmm. I hate her at times, but, like, you know, she very clearly loves me, you know, it's, like. That kind of push pole, so it's like, yeah, I, I have a soft spot for that relationship. That was another good change they made. They changed her name to Yara from Asha, which, which is perfect because people would have absolutely been confused with Osha and Asha in the show. Well, I think I think like Osha had getting killed off. Oh no, no, no! They they actually existed at the same time. So yeah, um, I just I just mean people still. I think people still would have been confused with the names, even even still. Yeah, you know what's always funny is because the 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 British acting pool is so small, you always <laughs> see like the same actors pop up. Like, mm-hmm. for example, you're talking about Osha. That's Tonks from Harry Potter, you know, yeah. or like, or like when you're watching uh, Harry Potter and when when uh, Hermione obliviates her her her, her parents, mm-hmm. that mother is Catelyn Stark, you know. Is it? I don't remember that at all. Yeah, the mother was Catelyn. Stark. It's it's like one <laughs> shot, and she's in there. Um, yeah. You know, but, like, it's just funny watching these actors just, like, pop up in and out. Like, for example, you watch Doctor Who, you'll see a bunch of actors pop in and out. But, like, every British actor's in Doctor Who. Um, like, I remember watching this one episode of Matt Smith. It's like, oh, Edmure Tully's here, you know. And I think, I even think his XL was uh, was Davos. <laughs> it's just funny, like, watching these actors just pop in yeah. and out of all these shows. Yeah, I... I said that, that. I think that was the one huge change I would have made was have Davos instead of Arya running through the city, because people would absolutely be more concerned for Davos's well-being just as viewers, because yeah. Davos is so well liked. Like people would be panicked, like "Oh my god, he needs to survive this and that," and he's very, he's much more personable. Like so, it would make sense for him to try and protect the people around him and everything like that. Yeah, I I just feel like the way they had like. I, I get they were trying to set up Daenerys' madness. Like, they were, they were trying. They really were trying. Yeah. But it really was just failed because mm-hmm. she had, like... It's like, they tried to make it, like, a snap into madness, but, like, it was such a slow descent yeah. that, like, it just, like... That's the thing. Like, like you said, they do set it up. It is set up throughout the series. I mean, even in the previous... I forget when... Uh, I guess it's season six or seven. I forget when. When she like okay, here's, here's, the here's, Carly's and everything like that, like it's set up that she's violent. Here's what I would do. Here's here's what I would do. Okay, I wouldn't kill Masande. 
at mm-hmm. at that scene. Okay. Uh, so so Daenerys is taking the city. The bells are ringing, and and um, she's like, "Oh, I got it!" And then it goes to the Red Keep. There is Cersei at the top of the Red Keep, at the Tower of the Hand, or something, with Masande. Leave, or I will kill her. Blah blah blah, or something like that. Mm. And uh, and and then like she's like, "Fine, your choice." And then Masande says, "Dracarys." Um. Like she dies, she watches him to watch her die, and then she snaps. That would make so much more sense. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the way I put it, like it's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit clunky, but like the 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 foundation is solid. It is, yeah. It, it's so weird. Like, like I said, a lot of those scenes, it just don't make sense. Where it's like, all right, all of the people who are in conflict are here together. You've got like the the scorpion turrets aimed at her dragon and her, like, and you're not gonna take this chance to kill off your greatest adversary right now like, yeah like the like the scorpions were shown with with with, with euron to be yeah. very effective and you literally had the entire walls lined with them and daenerys took care of them so easily like come on yeah it it's so frustrating uh yeah, i know that people like, make a people have a fit about the when they go to have that like standoff with cersei at the wall like oh what happened to all the trees we've already seen that there's trees and everything king's landing i get that it's bizarre looking the way it was rationalized in my mind was, yeah, they cut down all the trees to, you know, fortify the city and build the ships and everything like that. Even so, it I don't know. There's so many issues with that season. Yeah, and so the thing is, even people. even if they had cut down all the trees, it wouldn't, uh, uh, you know, uh. You know, like it wouldn't it's look like a barren desert. wasteland. <laughs> it's like it's so bizarre looking. There's yeah. still be stumps. There's it, there'd be something leading up to it. Instead, they're like in the middle of a desert. It just looks bizarre. Yeah. I, like it, if it, if it were me, I would have like uh, kind of covered in like some gr- mossy grass and or like or even just snow. Like just cover it mm-hmm. like like snow or something. Like it's just lazy. <laughs> yeah they had the golden company now what was the point of that it's just like it it's just failed hype you know you have them coming especially in. like knowing the golden the, like I, I don't read the books but i've, I've watched some videos about the like, lore mm-hmm. it's like knowing what the golden the company's Holocaust. purpose is in the story because you gotta yeah. remember they could they totally cut out um uh agon's story agon's story yeah you know young griff like they totally cut out his story um like he's not even like a part of this, and like the Golden Company is a big part of Young Griff's story, you know. Yeah, it, 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 they just—it's like they—they uh, they had word association. Oh, this is this is a thing. Golden Company. Let's throw it in there. Uh, dead. Get rid of it. We don't. It ruins our story, but we have to have them in there, just so people can say that we had the Golden Company in there. It, yeah, oh, man. And it's like, oh, right. oh, we're gonna reference the elephants, but oh, we're not gonna actually have them because we can't mm-hmm. afford them. Yeah, that like uh, when you know the Battle of Winterfell, uh, you know they they mentioned, I think in literally the first episode of the show, they mentioned you know the giant ice spiders and I forget what else, uh, but like the spiders as big as hounds and things like that. And it's like, oh yeah, let's see this, let's see this. Nah, never happens. <laughs> It's just, yeah, uh, it's very disappointing. I really wish uh, it would be so interesting to see how it turned out if they'd given it like, 
I don't even know if it needed to be 10 seasons, right? If you're just given, you know, seasons seven and eight, the due diligence they required. Maybe and and the thing is, we are seeing what good Game of Thrones can look like under competent showrunners. House mm-hmm. of the Dragon is great. I love House yeah. of the Dragon. I find it strange that people are complaining about the pacing when I'm like, you realize it's like 50 pages out of a book. <laughs> it's like there's there's not a lot to work with. So, of course, the pacing is going to be somewhat quick. You know, I mean, they're they're fleshing out the characters pretty well, considering, you know, they have the they had two or three time jumps. I forget how many it is at this point. I think it's three. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really I really like it. I, yeah. I really like it. I like it's, it's like, yeah, you know, um, like it's it's obvious like, like the show has a bit of a team black bias, but mm. still both of them are really good. Yeah, I mean, I, I you're right in that they're biased, but I think the point of that is because it's about the Targaryens to an extent. Yeah, I mean, but, the show is literally called House of the Dragon. Yeah, see. If we're talking about spinoffs, like I really want a Robert's Rebellion, uh, yeah. like that it, that would be like some re- like four really good seasons, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like like uh, I'm trying to think. Where, I would probably start. Pro- I would probably start. Uh, you know, see the season is a lead up to the tournament at Harrenhal. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that season one, and it ends with them going to the tournament of Harrenhal. Season two. Is attorney at Harrenhal. Like literally just the entire season. Because so much happens at the attorney at Harrenhal. It's its own season. <laughs> season three is the lead up to the war. Uh, you know, because like there are a bunch of things that can happen in between that and the war. You know, is the lead up to it. Season uh, four, four and five really is the war. Because like that, that, that the lot that happens in that war, and I think it needs to be two seasons. There's five seasons. And that that's 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 all really solid television. Yeah, it, like stuff like that. The Duncan Egg Show, which has been yay or nay. I'm not sure if it's actually. Sp- I know they've talked about yeah. doing a, a long. I don't think a long night show would do good because that's a little bit too far removed. Because yeah. like like that's like thousands of years. Like like an Aegon's Conquest, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the thing about House of the Dragon that works is. It's still familiar enough, like, yeah, you're in the same area. Like, oh, this is King's Landing. Oh, look, there's House Stark. There's, like, House Lannister. Like, there's enough recognizable names that you can can still feel comfortable in the world. Mm -hmm. I feel like, because, like, if you're doing doing a long night, like, you won't have the Tyrells, because the Gardeners, you know, like, this is, like, they're all kings. So, like, some of the stuff is shuffled around, like, like House Whore. You know, like, the Tullys aren't around. Um... (laughs) But like, like a Robert's Rebellion would be really good. Duncan Egg would be cool. Um, I it got greenlit. I don't know if they're still working on it or if you know the writers strike and everything like that has caused it to be. But like you, put on hold. you know, they're gonna end it at at Summer Hall. They're gonna end Duncan Egg at Summer Hall, like a tragedy at Summer Hall, and it's gonna like end with the birth of Rhaegar. Because hmm. remember, Rhaegar was born at Summer Hall at the yeah. when for when Summer Hall was burning. That like he was born then, you know. He was born among salt and smoke, you know. <laughs> uh, you, you got the reference, you know. Um, it, uh, but it's just, if you're doing Dunkin' Egg, that is where you end the story, you know. It'll be interesting. Like I said, they have that. Like you said, the conquest, the the war. I don't know if they're still doing the Jon Snow show or not. I actually, I, I think that's a really good idea because people like Jon Snow. And mm-hmm. I think the Jon Snow show is kind of your chance to, like, 
on like a fix a lot of the mistakes. Fix the entire you know? fuck up that is season eight. <laughs> yeah, like it kind of allows yeah. you. Plus, like some time has passed, you can have a time jump, and like mm-hmm. you can kind of undo all all the damage. You know, um, and like people like like people love people love Kit Harrington. You know, they like him as Jon Snow. So it's like, and it's like the reception to a Jon Snow series. People are actually really positive to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting if they actually do. I I know they said like, oh yeah, it's definitely happening, but they do this with a lot of stuff to build up hype around it. Uh, yeah, I mean the the thing is they're not going to do uh, two Game of Thrones shows at once. They're just nah. not. Um, so House of the Dragon is probably going to be a three or four season show, maybe five yeah. seasons, um, because that story has a, a definite end. So like mm-hmm. you know. Depending on how much they want to stretch it out, um, but uh, after that, they're probably going to do, do another spinoff. Which I think the problem with the Roberts Rebellion show is it's too close to uh, the main to show. the main story. Yeah. yeah, so it's like like oh why what, like like for example why is it Charles Dance Tywin like because it's like fifteen years prior you know <laughs> um, like you know because like you got because you, you're going to have a lot of the same characters but different actors like mm-hmm. like you know you can have a young young ned you know whatever is um that, i don't know who that actor what the actor's name is i don't know if he could retire charles dance no 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 uh, robert armayo the actor for young ned stark he could probably reprise his role as young ned stark if they wanted him to i mean possibly but they're gonna cast someone else they're gonna cast more oh, sure. you know yeah yeah and and see that's kind of the problem is it, it, yeah, sure, you have all the characters, but you're mm. going to have to recast every one of them. Yeah. You know, and that's the problem that's... you run into. Like, uh, you know, like, for example, like, young young Jamie, you know, you know like, mm-hmm. you have the young Jamie, like, um, like, you know, and, and, and the other thing is, like, what what about, uh, like, what about uh, Tyrion? Like, like, sure, he has nothing to do with, like, the thing. Like, he was probably at uh, Castle Rock. Um, but like you know, they're like, where's Tyrion? We know he's alive, you know. Like, they're, so they're gonna have to cast another Tyrion. Um, yeah. <laughs> at that point, they probably just might just like, all right, Tyrion Dinklins, we're throwing you in there. We're gonna put you. We're gonna like de-age you uh, because we have no one else to play play uh, play. You know him. Um, but yeah, it'd be really interesting. Um, but yeah, like, um, kind of be interested to see some of these characters when they're younger, like. Uh, Robert Baratheon in his prime is going to be a real, real big shock to a lot of people. It'd be um, interesting to see like two, like all these like famous swordsmen in their primes actually fighting. Arthur like, Dane. Like, yeah, like like the Arthur like the like, like oh yeah, the, like for example, the the Robert versus Arthur Dane fight. That's that yeah. that that is the keystone of the entire series. We got that. You have like Jamie Lannister, who you know, you see him fight Ned Stark in season one, and then he fights Brienne. But he's like all exhausted and like starved, starved, and mm-hmm. he's never like really at his prime, like having to fight as well as he can. And then he loses yeah. his hand. So like at no point do you really see him, you know, at his best. Like for example, here's the thing about Robert Baratheon. Like if you had, if you, if you, ha- if you took the mountain and transported him to Robert Baratheon in his prime, Robert mm-hmm. Baratheon easily. 
beats a mountain easily because he may not be as tall as a mountain, but he's still pretty tall. Also, like that Warhammer is specifically designed to go against the mountains, what the mountain does. And like Robert Baratheon, while he's not quick, he's at least like he can easily take the mountain's hits. Like he easily beats a mountain. He just needs to get that armor structure. Just... Oh, I guess he wasn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't as chubby back then. Never mind. He, uh, he wasn't he wasn't too fat yet too fat for his armor. No. <laughs> I, I gotta say this like one thing I did like about season one, like uh uh like Sean Bean and uh the guy who played Robert Rathian, they really sold you on the fact that they are brothers and that they'd known each other for decades. Like they did a really good job selling that with their acting. Yeah. Uh oh man, I was trying to Robert Baratheon actor. Mark Addy. I couldn't think of his name. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny. weird is like I, I used to watch the sitcom called Still Standing and mm-hmm. like he was a lead on it and it was very much a comedy role. So it was really weird watching Game of Thrones be like, this is just a guy from Still Standing. I'm used to him seeing him in a diaper. He was in a Knight's Tale as well. Oh like that bet it's like it's like it's like, oh, so you got Wash, you got Vision, you got the Joker, <laughs> you, you know. Like it's one of those things where it's like, you know, that film is stacked. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just really crazy. Man, right, we're actually about an hour and a half in here. I don't know if there's anything else. Yeah, I, I got you talking. <laughs> but no, I, had, I had a fun time. I, I really enjoyed chatting. Uh, where can people yeah. go to, to check out all your stuff? Well, uh, my main place is Twitter or x whatever they're trying to call this week i find me no one ever needs to refer to it as x don't give in we're fighting the good fight (laughs) all right i'm with you brother the links Uh, still say twitter.com so don't give them the satisfaction all right so what you do is you go to twitter.com and then you search the phoenix press and then you'll look me up there uh youtube you just search the same the phoenix press also please back my kickstarter i currently as of this recording um, I'm in my third day. We are halfway funded, and uh, yeah, so we're look we're uh, we're looking to get a good comic, and uh, I'm I'm really excited. Awesome. Yeah, go check out check out Screecher. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I, I really appreciate. It. I had a good time. Uh, we, yeah, it was nice. I say in advance every time before a guest comes on that I just let the conversation flow, and we tend to get into the weeds. And, uh, and yeah you got too. me ranting a couple times so we, we ranted about wheel of time we started talking about game of thrones batman and dc and marvel and everything like that yeah it's yeah. always nice I, I like the the kind of conversations where it's like you start talking about one thing and like an hour later talk about completely different and then you guys are like wait why are we talking about 18th century serial killers i was yeah, asking you about tylenol <laughs> that's how it goes <laughs> It does. It's great. Yeah. You guys can also go check out deadjustinproductions.live. Links are in the description to everything. Go check out his content as well. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I, I really do appreciate it. It was a fun time. I appreciate you having me on. Enjoy chatting. And uh, thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>